The Ready, Set, Grow podcast is sponsored by Ag Expert, software designed for Canadian agriculture. Visit them today at agexpert.ca. Hello, welcome to the Ready, Set, Grow podcast. My name is Michael and I'll be your host today. Uh, today here, we're here with RH Accelerator founder Joe Dales, marketing extraordinaire Diana Latrines, and Ontario Agri-Food Technologies president uh, Tyler Whale. All three have a over 20 years of experience in the agriculture and food industries, and they all have some interesting stories they want to share. Um, our special guest today is Tyler, and uh, I was just wondering if you could uh, just take us through a bit of your background. Yep, sure. Thanks, Michael. Um, pleasure to be here. My background is dairy farming. I grew up as a, as a child laborer from the age of probably five years old doing, doing what farmers do, and that's working and, and making food for uh, uh, for the Canadian public in the world. Um, my parents were always very progressive in the sense though that they said there's a lot of things to explore and do out there so why don't you get out of the nest and and try what you like and what you're good at and that was sciences. So I, I uh, did a, a variety of degrees. I've got a, a PhD in immunology as an example and, and uh, have found my way back to the ag industry though very interested in technology and commercialization and, and on what that uh, you know, Ag 4.0, 5.0, however many points we want to put on it right now is going to look like and, and how I can make a difference in that realm. So that's, uh, if that's quick enough, then that's what I'll stop with. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's an interesting background. So what types of things are you doing right now, Tyler, with, with that experience? So uh, there is so much innovation going on. It's probably at a pace, an unprecedented pace in history. I think we could all agree on that. And it's really helping identify companies and facilitate the next step. So Ontario Agri-Food um, Technologies is what you might describe as an accelerator, but it's a very lean accelerator with only two people, two employees. And actually it's in a state of evolution right now with, uh, with losing soft funding. Um, but we continue to work with, uh, with entrepreneurs, uh, nudge them along in the right direction, and that is often through networking or, or deep domain expertise, market intelligence, that sort of thing, Diana. Mm -hmm. um, so what is needed for every entrepreneur, it's quite different. Every recipe needs a different uh, dose of, of, uh, of, of ingredients. Um, what we're trying to achieve is viable companies on global scale. And, uh, and things that are certainly changing the game for, for all of agriculture, not just Canadian. Mm -hmm. So what, what things would you say you're most proud of um, in terms of what you've accomplished so far? I really like seeing uh, when, when what you're doing and what, what advice or what networks you're facilitating actually make a difference for the entrepreneur and, and of course, seeing sales. Uh, so it really comes down to commercial impact and, and making commercial deals and, and accelerating them again to, uh, um, to viability and, and that's getting customers, Diana. So there are a number of companies that are making a big splash and some are making a small splash. We all know that this pathway in, uh, in what effectively is often a life science and agriculture is, is a long pathway. But when... Um, when, when you see um, impact and when you've chosen right, uh, you know, our, our industry of, of uh, working with early stage startups is often about volume. So you, you work with a lot of startups and certainly there's a lot of attrition, 
but then then you see certain things succeed. When I'm not working with startups, though, I think I'm most uh, most proud of of um, the predictions that come true. So, what's happening in agriculture? What's the next big thing? And what what do we need to do? And and let's just focus on the startup community as an example. I think since there are so many small early stage companies who all have the same need, whether that's accessing a customer segment or accessing funding or accessing talent to put on their teams. I'm starting to suggest to people, you need to think of growth through, through mergers or acquisitions or partnerships with each other who are in a very similar field here. So not, we don't need 10 dairy companies trying to knock on the same door of, of, uh, of the 13,000 or, or whatever the number of dairy farmers is in Canada now. We need one or two companies that are offering a number of different solutions to create a, a larger Canadian entity that has a better chance of success. That and, and I'd say uh, my, my work in digitizing the ag sector. So inevitably, we've, we've evolved from uh, precision ag, which is, in my opinion, an imprecise term, to smart ag and, and what I now call digital ag. And a lot of people are, are, are calling it digital ag. What can we do with data? How do we create an equitable, ethical ecosystem of, of data interchange, of data interoperability and availability? And, and what is the farmer's role in here? So with a background as a farmer, I think it's, uh, it's really important to think of them as a full partner, but also recognizing they're not sitting around getting a, a degree in IT anytime soon necessarily. We're all a little hesitant to, to even start a new app on your telephone. So from the perspective of, of a very busy and, and, and uh, I'm gonna say important group of people, an important sector, how do you facilitate digitization that really shows the ROI that doesn't come down with cumbersome contracts and, and uh, I agree sh data share agreements to read over and get legal advice on those sorts of things. How are they a full player at the, at the table? And I've spent a lot of time working on that advocating for, uh, for, for uh, farmer data co-ops, for example, and the application of technology that will really facilitate that digital um, uh, enlightenment or, or opportunity in agriculture. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's definitely a, a trend here, you know, with the uh, egg data transparency and that kind of thing, you know, what, what are we doing on the data front for producers and then giving them the tools they need to make better decisions. And mm -hmm. I think that you're on the right track there for sure, because it's much needed. There's a lot of data, you know, warehouses, but like, what are we doing to bring it all together and make sense of it so that we can make better investments and um, make better decisions on the farm. So yeah, you're bang on, on that front. Joe, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, Tyler, um, I agree with you. There's a lot of exciting companies and opportunities. Uh, you know, do you have a couple, three that uh, you know, you like the founders, you like the companies that you can share with us that you're working sure. with or, or you notice out there? Yeah, sure. And, and and frankly, it's hard to pick only three. So let me pick a, pick a range of companies right now um, from from uh, successfully commercialized to uh, to very hopeful in the near future. Um, and again, I'm. I'm a little bit uh, off the cuff here, so there's there's probably about 30 that I'd love to mention, but uh, <laughs> let me say Grain Discovery as an example. Grain Discovery is a, a company that's using a real catchword right now in the industry, and that's block 
blockchain, but, but again, realizing that technology isn't a, a destination, but a tool. Mm -hmm. um, they understand how to apply blockchain and they're doing some really neat work in, in traceability and offering farmers that opportunity to create, um, uh, to create um, just more control, more access, uh, rather than being price takers, for example, they can be price makers, but also achieving something that the whole value chain wants. And that's, that's transparency and traceability of the food system. Um, I will point to a company that's in very early stage of product development, and that's a company called Biofusion. Biofusion's developed a, a, a bio resin uh, that has multiple applications. One in agriculture is the replacement of uh, field plastic mulch. So I think the, the statistic that I know is about 30 million acres every year are covered in plastic, and that plastic is single use. It offers great value for farming, but not necessarily great value for environment. And, uh, and if you can have a spray-on alternative that's cheaper, that's easier, that's, that builds carbon in the soil, um, then why the heck not? And so right now they're, they're working on, uh, on financing so that they can get the manufacturing up and, and running, but the product has been, uh, has been field tested and demonstrated. Um, Picking one more, uh, let me go. <laughs> let me go with a, a company that Joe and I talked to the other day, and that's JRS Virtual Studios. Uh, so, uh, an, an inventor and relevant to digitization. Joel is a software uh, um, developer, uh, but also a hardware developer. So, not only does he does he do the decisions, the apps, the back end, but he also makes the trinkets that are that are useful in gathering data. And he makes them in Canada, which I like as well. And everything that his goal is, is to make things faster, cheaper, better. So everything that you're, you're really looking for, um, you know, wearables, for example, that are under $20 that might help you contact trace in, in a farm scenario where you might have hundreds of, of, of workers and, and often those are foreign temporary workers. Uh, also in the animal welfare industry, when you're trying to track what happens to an animal when it gets onto a truck and figure out was it well treated, uh, were, there any, were there any moments where that truck was parked in the baking hot sun or the freezing cold or jamming on the brakes and, and having a, um, an animal welfare issue as a result. And I'll give you an interesting example. There's, there's, uh, there's a difference in chick mortality with eggs or, or with the year the, the day old hatchlings that come to farms that are more rural than less rural and i think one of the issues might be vibration on roads so being able to measure vibration and associate that with uh, with mortality rates and and again making decisions to improve that for farmers just these little incremental improvements with data that can be measured uh, have a real opportunity i think to uh to change the game again, whether it's incrementally or substantially. That's amazing. Those are those are some pretty cool companies you guys get to work with. Um, I, I think that uh, we need new innovations and technologies coming into the industry on a regular basis, and um, that's exciting to hear. All those different kind of companies. Um, Michael, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm just wondering, uh, so Tyler, I guess with your uh, extensive experience, uh, you've seen a lot of innovations in companies. Uh, where's one area where we need to, uh, I guess, support or uh, come up with uh, new ideas to help farmers? 
Yeah, and not to sound like a broken record, I'll get to a different area, but inevitably it is digital. I think we, we really have to figure out the data game, how to use it, how to govern it, how to, again, create some kind of equity and equitable use of, of information without, um, uh, without uh, taking advantage, let's say, of, of somebody who's providing a commodity. So farmers are bleeding information right now and they're not capturing its value they're not controlling its value and it is a very difficult thing to do but it's not good enough for your data that you've put work into gathering so data is work and and you if you've put the work in there then you should own the commodity or at least co-own the commodity um, and i think that there's going to be a reluctance in the future for farmers to willingly give data for in innovators, entrepreneurs, academics, whoever, to use their commodity without skin in the game, AKA, you wanna to come to my farm, use my data and build a technology and sell me back a service. Well, I want equity in the company if you're building it on my asset. So that kind of thing has to get better. And, and Michael, there are, there are loads of, of opportunities to make it better. We have to avoid vendor lockdown in those scenarios too, so that innovation is still a competitive landscape. And, um, and, and that, that to me is one of the most critical components is don't, don't give me any kind of solutions where I can't divorce you in five years and get the history that I put into the company if you're not up to snuff. Um, and, and even if you are up to snuff, if I have a decision that I like somebody better or some, something better, don't tell me that you're using my data to the depth and, uh, and extent that it can be used. I will say two other things though. One is I think using all of the senses of agriculture. So that's sight, smell, hearing, those kinds of things. And I say smell in particular because VOCs has a very interesting future, uh, inevitably. We look at a lot of things and we wait for, you know, for example, a cow to look sick and then you, you take its temperature and you might predict what's going on that way. But if you can be much more predictive in the sense that what's coming out of its breath. Like a dog can sense a heart attack by smell, those are VOCs. And you can tell when a crop is under stress or when an animal is under stress, or maybe when there's an estrus cycle or something like that with, with absolute precision or much more precision than we could in the past. And I think those technologies are great. The last one I'll say is, um, you know, the use of genetics, Let, let's keep on that bandwagon and let's make sure that the Canadian regulatory system takes this thing very, very seriously and gets their, their uh, well, just their policies and their regulations up to date because we will lose advantage on a, on a very open and science-based regulatory system if we're, if we're laggards. And other parts of the world are catching up in terms of, uh, or not catching up, they're surpassing us in terms of new applications like, uh, like CRISPR, the ability to gene edit and to make very interesting things, not only in, in animals, but in plants and in insects and bacteria and all those kinds of things that are useful in agriculture. Um, an example too, I think, for the future of Canadian ag is looking at the premium commodity sector where, where trust and, um, and transparency is a key factor. So let's look at phytopharmaceuticals. We're enabling a cannabis industry right now that is just the tip of the iceberg of the phytopharmaceutical industry. Uh, we can produce things in plants about 100 or 1,000 times cheaper than you can in a fermenter, for example. Um, so look, the future carrot might, might be for your arthritis or, or the future rice might be for your depression. 
and uh, and let's take advantage of that kind of thing. Whether you isolate it from the plant and use it in a pharma application, just as a production vehicle, or whether you eat your medicine, I think that's uh, you're going to be turning to your fridge than your medicine cabinet a lot more often in the future. And and we're we're seeing those trends for sure. I think we've got uh, a couple more podcasts with Tyler. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry for the long-winded answer. No, 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 no. This is great. No, and I knew you'd be a great guest here. So, uh, so we'll have to have you back. Uh, you know, again, and we'll dig, dig down into some of these uh, some of these topics in a little more depth. So, um, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. That was awesome, guys. And, and again, there's, uh, there's probably uh, 30, I said 30, but there's probably 130 more companies to mention just in our province alone. And, and that's happening. God, Canadians are, are inventive people. And, and it's time we become more innovative and actually put some, some dollars behind those inventions. So uh, thanks for doing this, guys. And, and Joe, you, Michael Roundhouse, Farm Credit, they're, they're such, I'm not, I'm not being paid to say this, you're such key players in this whole game too. So Keep up the good work. How can people uh, connect with you online, Tyler? Oh, that's a good question. I, I talk digital, but I'm not online at all, Michael. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, uh, certainly my email, and that's uh, tyler at oaft.org. Um, alternatively, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so looking up Tyler Whale and, and looking for this handsome face if, uh, if somebody's looking at this podcast. Um, uh, I, that's probably good enough, eh? Happy to yep. give my cell phone out if that's a, a <laughs> not too dangerous a thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. But uh, yeah, we just want to yeah, thank you again for coming on uh, the show and uh, sharing your experience and just some of the yeah, interesting uh, companies and uh, innovations and then just uh, some areas that we can improve on uh, in the future. Just uh, yeah, thanks again, Tyler, for joining us and uh, we look forward to uh, to more chats with you in the future. Perfect. Appreciate the opportunity, guys. Take right. care. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Tyler. No problem, Diana. Bye now.